The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's uh, eight minutes, uh, six minutes after eight, rather. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, some student leaders walked out of a meeting with Higher Education Minister Bladen Zimande in Johannesburg last Thursday without reaching consensus on student fees. Minister Zimande met with the SRC leaders from tertiary institutions across the country in a bid to resolve the funding crisis facing students. Now, those student leaders who left the meeting say that they will continue with protests until their demands are met. At the same time, President Jacob Zuma has appointed a commission of inquiry into the feasibility of uh, free higher education. On the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, what are the objectives currently of the student leaders and where to from here? So, uh, higher education minister Bladen Zimande uh, spoke uh, last week, outlining how they are addressing the students' demands. Most of, of these demands, we would say, in one way or the other, they have been catered for. On financial exclusion, NESFAS students are catered for. No NESFAS, no admitted NESFAS student who has also successfully applied will be excluded. We are aware that there isn't enough amount of money. But if you combine with the fact that we are paying historic debt as well, we are rescuing 753 students with the historic debt that we are going now, we're going to lose in the system, but we are, we are going to retain it. But the issue of financial exclusion really is going to be dealt with by the presidential commission, because that's about free higher education. And we indicated the students had demanded that this commission of the president must report quarterly. We said, okay, we can't say yea or nay to that because it's not my commission as a minister, is the president, but we committed we're going to raise this with the president. That was the second demand. The third demand I've already spoken to was clearance of historical debt. We've done that with NESFA students. A free registration, we've done that with NESFA students. No NESFA student is going to be required to make any upfront payment. Then the, 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 the next demand is that NESFAS, they call for accountability, the students, efficiency and transparency in all NESFAS offices in the country. We agree. Partly that is why we already have a forensic investigation into how NESFAS <coughs> is being used. They also said they want NESFAS officials in all the universities during registration. We said, unfortunately, NESFAS does not have enough staff to be at all 26 universities, but NESFAS agreed they're going to have roving groups to come at different times during the registration period to all the universities. Free education that we have dealt with that this is a matter for the presidential commission. They also raised something about international students, that some universities require international students to pay up to 100% fees when they register. They said this is a problem. We said we are willing to discuss this matter with them. 
SADC students, they get charged the same as local students, that's a SADC agreement. But we are willing to, to discuss this matter. That was the Minister of Higher Education, Dr. Bladen Zimande. Meanwhile, students have also outlined their demands. Number one, we want no financial exclusion. Number two, we want the, the Department of Higher Education to report back on the issues of debt clearance or historical debt. Number three, we want free registration and a focus particularly on the missing middle. Number four, we want all NASFAS issues to be addressed as, as committed to by the state and we want, it, want them to be adequately implemented throughout all institutions in the country. Number five, we want free education now. We want a timeline towards free education and we want a model proposed to us on free education. We're asking that the Commission on Free Education reports to us quarterly. Yes, we note that it will report to us in June, but at this point in time, we'd like quarterly reports back from the Commission on Free Education. We'd like international students to have their barriers on entry to institutions of higher learning in South Africa decreased. We'd like accommodation to be increased and a surety towards the quality and the quantity of accommodation at all institutions across South Africa. On the issue of language, we'd like to ensure that language does not become a barrier to one's access to an institution and one's success within an institution. Speaking to all the parents, particularly who have been inconvenienced by the shutdowns across the whole country, we'd like to reiterate that ours is not to render the institutions of higher learning ungovernable, but merely to ensure that every single academically qualifying child has access to higher education and training in South Africa. Fees must fall access must rise. And that was one of the student representatives outlining some of the demands by students. So on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask where to for hashtag fees must fall. And we are joined by Teboho Totela, who is a deputy president of the South African Union of Students, as well as Nicholas Nyati, Democratic Alliance Student Organization, DASO's SRC president at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sakina. Um, thank you, thank you, ma'am. Debo, let me start with you. It would seem at this point uh, that uh, there isn't as much of a coherent approach as we saw last year when it comes to hashtag fees must fall. Is the student leadership still united in their demands at this point? Well, well, Sakina, to, to, to some extent, I, 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 I would, I would agree with you. Firstly, um. The fees must fall movement is, is, is not a homogeneous group. Um, you've got to some levels where, where it's led by student organization and formations. You've got in certain instances where uh, on campuses in particular it's led um, by, 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 by SRCs. So whereas last year the, the message was quite simple, it was the issue of fees must fall, you, you sort of have us now dealing in the, in the early stages around registration and access um, around it. So some extent, I would agree that there is not necessarily a coordinated effort because fees must fall doesn't belong to any particular individual group. It's a movement that people uh, themselves willingly decide to join in their own capacity um, through their own form of formations. Um, so, so that is what is 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 is, is currently a bit of a challenge uh, that we are faced as a student movement. So, why is it a challenge, Deboho? What has gone wrong? Well, there are a number of issues, uh, and, and those issues really did start uh, last year towards the, the, the protests. You will remember that when, when the 
there were a number of protests before that. Uh, the example of UKZN, which was striking TUT. But officially, the term that was coined, fees must fall, came as a result of the October protest that started at Wits University. And in the initial dialogue that was in society was the issue around curbing the, 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 the fees that were going up in the country. And it moved on up until the final march in Pretoria, where there was a demand for 0%. But subsequent to that, uh, new demands have sort of come out of, of, of the movement because people are saying that it, we have just won the battle, but we have not won the war. So there's the issue of free education. But within the, the whole movement, there's, there's differing views on, 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 on our approach. So we agree in the strategy of access, but there's no agree in the tactics in which to achieve it. So there are those who demand that free education must come now, as in it must arrive now at 8 o'clock. But there are those that are saying, look... The, the, the state is committed to a commission, and they're saying that these are uh, um, the issues in which will be dealt with. So let's allow that process and not render higher education um, a stumbling block or stop higher education. And that's why you'll have seen in certain campuses now in January, we've got those that are saying, no, let's not stop registration. We've won the battle of ensuring that NSFAS students, uh, the poorest of the poor, can register. Let's now deal with the missing middle. But let's not compromise registration, whereas we've got others that are saying, no, let's not register up until free education arrives. So you then have differing views in the tactics, and that is what is uh, the challenge that we're faced with uh, right now. Because I know as, as the national SRC, our point of view with our, with our colleagues that we've been communicating with is that let us demand the issue of access for all students who are academically deserving and financially needy. And let us ensure that we start dealing with the missing middle. Now, the missing middle are those who are not poor enough for NSFAS, but they're not rich enough to afford. So let's try to deal with it uh, under the commission and both the work that uh, Mr. Susan Masana is doing in NSFAS. But our position is that we must not compromise the academic year of 2016, and that is our position. And that's where certain individuals and certain within the collective of the fees must fall differ with us and some of our SRCs on campuses. So who is differing with you on that position? Well, you see, the beauty of, of such movements, Sakina, is that uh, you can't really say uh, uh, with, 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 with affirmation which of those groups are, because you'll have groups within the EFF student command, for example, who are saying no to it, and then you'll have certain members of SASCO, but it's not a policy position of any of those movements. Uh, so, so, so I can't speak intelligently and, and want to then just throw it on to the EFF student command and say they are different with us. But they've expressed their views uh, around this issue. Um, SASCO's national leadership has, 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 has said to us or, or has raised that they, they support the issue of education, but they don't want uh, the issue of registrations now to necessarily be compromised. We have not necessarily heard from DASO. But we are having a conversation with all national student leaders tomorrow, uh, and that's where it will be clearer what, 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 what the national task was saying, not the campus ones. All right. But, uh, Nicholas, perhaps you know what DASO's position is on this. So, so, so what do you make of what Deboche has just said, and what's your view? Um, thank you, ma'am. First of all, I would have enjoyed if South Queen ESF were here to speak for themselves. Um, um, what we've noticed as an SLC, I want to speak as an SLC now, is that each universities are facing um, different challenges, and I think that it's better to let them as the university decide on what way forward to take. Even SASCO nationally released a statement to say um, the government has lived up has lived up to its expectations, um, and PYA nationally also released something like that. But you would see President of FITS, um, Mambendulo, saying no, 
the government has failed us because it's not free registration for the missing needles. So there's also that miscommunication. So I would rather that we look at this from an SRC point of view rather than a political point of view because you might understand that PYA, your SASCO, they're affiliated with the ANC, the ruling government. So it's very difficult for them to go against the government considering that it's election year. That's why you see mixed messages. Um, I had a debate with um, Trebo Zamini, who was agreeing with me that the government has failed. Uh, I had a chat with Nambendulo. Those are the forefront leaders of Fisma Fall. They were all saying that, no, the government has failed. The plate hasn't answered us. But then you would see the national organization, PYA, releasing a statement. And as for South, um, not all SRCs are part of South. Um, I know that NMMU is not part of South because we feel like that they have offices um, and they are politically affiliated with the government. So it's very difficult for us to to abide by such a, a movement. So you saying that politics have now gotten in the way of the broader objective that students basically set out on last year? Yes, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Because it, 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 I was listening to the minister speak, speaking about NSF students. What about the missing middle? I was listening to him saying that all those students that qualify for NSS will register. I'll make you a prime example. Last year, 1,200 students at 410 were allowed to register after um, they qualified for NSS. Those students didn't have meal packs. They didn't have um, book allowances. Now, 50% of those students failed because access goes together with success. What you are saying is that the minister... Both the, the presidency and the treasury must invest more on NSFAS and also address the missing needle. We're not just demanding, but we're also committing as SRCs that we will fundraise to try and support our students. Virtue starting with their fundraising, USS has already started with fundraising, NMMU is starting with fundraising, and Forte is only to, start, to also start with fundraising. So as we speak this morning, is there still consensus around uh, the objective that fees must fall, or has it now changed? Are, are there new permutations at play here now, Teboho? Yeah, definitely. Uh, 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 they, they, they are. And uh, first, let me correct uh, the president. He is new, of course, uh, so he would not necessarily know about us. We dealt with his predecessor. Um, but no, we're not linked to government. That's why at the very forefront... Uh, we were the ones that pushed for the meeting that sat on 0% uh, last year. But the permutations are, are, are quite different because, you see, the unfortunate nature of higher education is not, it's, it's not homogeneous. And, 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 and the struggles that we're facing now. So, for example, there's a critique, uh, Sakina, there's a critique on the, the SRCs that decided to walk out in last week's meeting. And the critique is saying that if you look at the, 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 the sort of SRCs that came out, they're from generally a more privileged university, Right. Because an SRC at DUT or at WUSU, for example, where close to 80% of the students are on NSFAS, for them, their big issue is to ensure that the poorest of poor are allowed to register. Whereas an SRC that is at UCT or at VIT, um, which at, at VIT, I think the last stats were showing that uh, the, the amount of students that are on NSFAS is like 10% or so. So, so their, their challenge would be the missing middle. And unless government and universities respond to the issue of the missing middle, you are not responding to their issues. So inherently, because of the structuring of higher education, you are bound to have different permutations in different institutions. Because although the presidential task team that was set up by the president and that reported back to the president in December went quite far in ensuring that we dealt with the process of the poor and as far as historic debt of the likes of 410, all of those institutions, we couldn't in the immediate deal with the issues 
which are in the medium and the long term, which deal with how do we then increase the NFS baseline? Because the NFS baseline assists students or, or, or who's got a household, household income of below 120,000. But the missing middle, which is our current argument as the national SRC, is that that 120,000 has been there for too long. It's been at, at for close to 10 years. These are not easy things to say as student leaders um, because we could go out and be populist as a national SRC uh, and demand issues now, but we know that higher education is not homogeneous, so we must respond to campus-to-campus issues, institution-to-institution to ensure that no poor student and no academically deserving student is left out in the cold. That's what we must be dealing with. So what does that mean going forward? Does it mean that hashtag fees must fall has fallen and uh, that uh, each one will now revert to whatever they deem to be priority at this stage, Nicholas? Um, ma'am, before I even answer a question, I'd like to fix something quickly. Does this notion or this narrative that is being driven that the universities that worked out are rich universities? The universities that worked out are different universities. Which was there? which you can call them a, a rich university. NMMU was one of those ones that worked out a comprehensive university, attracting both the poor and the advantaged um, pupils, as, as you might know. Fortier was one of the universities that worked out. They're actually the first university work, to work out. Fortier is close to bankruptcy. You might note that last year, 15 million that was destined um, for NFS for students at Fortier was used by management to pay for salaries. That's a university at risk. And we've been reporting this to, to the minister since last year already, but nothing has been done. So this notion that it was only the rich universities that worked out is false. And there's no such a thing in South Africa as a rich university. Because we, the child of the poor, go to these universities. Just because I go to this, it does not mean that I can afford. It does not mean that I'm a child of a nurse. I'll make you a prime example. I go to NMMU. My mother works as a cleaner. Where must I get the funding? NFS has sent me an SMS to say insufficient funds. What am I going to eat throughout the year? So, Deborah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I do not feel that you're speaking on behalf of the SRCs as the national SRCs, because that's not how we feel. Hence, I'm saying that people are not protecting their positions or their political alignment because it's election season. I, I, I believe that people, we need to be honest with ourselves. The government has failed. As simple as that. The way forward is for each and every SRC to speak to their constituency, to say, how do we then move forward? Because ours is to say, no student has to be left behind. At NMMU, we are meeting with the vice chancellors, we are raising funds. At which they are raising funds. What we need from South is to say, SRCs, we are hearing you, NMMU, we are hearing you, VITS. Now, let us work together. That was the whole thing of having a South in the first place, to unite us and to listen to us, not to, for them to give ask their views, but for them to listen to our views and give them to the national structures. Okay. I want to take calls before we go to the break. Dave has been holding on in Durban, 891 Dave, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, I love them. I know the two views from, uh, from the guys who, who, who we have there and then also the other KT players as well, of one of the SRC leaders. But uh, if you're being honest, yeah, you know, uh, the government had failed, right? I'm saying had failed. Because I think right now they've done something which I really, really feel um, uh, students should actually really, really let it actually check, take, um, uh, you know, take its course and see exactly where, 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 where it leads. Because if we are being really, really honest to, our, to ourselves, the, the main thing the which I'm, I'm, I'm hearing here is that the middle class. Why don't we now, for example, help the government just make two levels? 
those who can afford and those who can't. No one falls in the middle because as long as they, there's not be that uh, middle. Look, I'm a, I'm a, okay, now we are living in an unequal you know, society. Those who can afford, like, like the myth are saying, I fully, I, I'm fully behind them. Those who can afford, let them pay for the fees. Those who cannot, then as, as like the teachers and, um, and, the, and the police, why don't the government, as, as, as police people are being employed and nurses and teachers, why don't they register how many kids they have? Then throughout their, um, their careers, those kids are being monitored. If they are doing well, then when it comes to the time for them to go to varsity, it shouldn't be a question. If they are qualified to go there, the government should pay for that. But if they don't, they shouldn't go there. Simple as that. Thank you so much, uh, Dave, out in Durban. Debza Ian Mashiko says the EFF student command are sticking to the mandate of hashtag fees must fall. And it's unfortunate uh, that uh, to them that some sellouts are rising up. Tautona says clearly politics have hijacked the hashtag fees must fall objectives simply because it's an election year. And then uh, Togozani Mkize says uh, university SRCs have also failed. They demanded fees to fall, but only a few fundraise to help uh, their fellow mates and then um, Unati Kwaza uh, says that I've always maintained that students and workers should never be politically aligned and now the likes of Nompendulo and um, Rebo and uh, 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 Progressive Youth Alliance are in a dilemma they can't be too vocal without upsetting their political party in government. A few more um, this one from uh, Pervy Sage says students must teach government a lesson and declare 2016 national gap year uh, while we wait for Blade and Zuma's honeymoon of inquiry to end and then uh, this one from um, uh, number one Stembi Somkize who says why is Sasko in the debate um, it's not fair to them not to come on or not to be invited and many questions about who is here. Well we have invited several um, uh, parties and they have some have agreed to come on were not available this morning and uh, either way we were never going to have everybody that you want us to have represented here so we've tried those who came on came on those who didn't didn't and this is what we have for you this morning doesn't distract from the debate though we are asking where to now for hashtag fees must fall has this uh, movement now uh, has it crumbled you know because of the divisions that we are seeing currently or is there still a way to forge ahead with what started last year 34701 is the sms line number you can tweet or facebook us at am live on safm or call us on 0891104208 kevin came says um i must say the two student leaders are credit to their parents and upbringing fantastic leaders and thony says uh, hashtag fees must fall has taken a political twist sakina and this is crippling the movement um hashtag fees must fall is falling apart and uh, looking at some of the others puppies uh, paki's contribution says um my belief is there's enough money for free education uh from great art university only if there is a will from politicians. Cyprian Mgenela says for 22 years and in its policies, birthdays and lechutlas, the ANC has been promising free education without a plan. Let them deliver now. King Chaga says it's unfair though that criminals can graduate for free with our tax money, yet responsible South Africans can't access free education. Benjamin says university students in this country are struggling with funding uh, for their uh, studies while our president is spending millions on himself. Sam Gelo's contribution, isn't it funny that the ANC 
Youth League Twins, uh, the Young Communist League and Sasco are betraying the cause of hashtag fees must fall, yet they chant free education. Shoko says, who's fooling who here? Who are the real beneficiaries of these commissions of inquiries? It's just another futile exercise. Too many commissions of inquiries by any government is a strong indicator of its indecisiveness. Uh, Ngobeni says, uh, sounds like the minister is content with proceeding with academic year with the missing middle students remaining outside the system. And um, in the speech you just played, the minister says nothing about the missing middle students. You'd swear they don't exist to him. Those are some of the comments coming through. Uh, keep them coming. 34701, that's the SMS line number. We'll read some of those messages in a moment. But right now, uh, let me just reintroduce, if you've just joined us, our guest this morning, Tebo Kototela, who is a Deputy president, uh, president of the South African Union of Students. And we also have with us Nicholas Nyati, Democratic Alliance Student Organization, uh, SRC President at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. Let's go to the lines, 891 um, starting in Kruenstad. Uh, Hojane, good morning. How are you, man? I'm well, and you? Thank you. Just two things, Sakina. Uh, uh, well, firstly, it's a pitch that uh, uh, what started as a good movement uh, is showing some sign of weakness, and going forward, I think it's going to be dangerous. But one of the demands that uh, the movement uh, or the demand is that uh, is that one of, of, of international students. Can, can those gentlemen unpack what exactly is about the international students? Are they saying they must be treated the same, they must uh, pay the same fees? I, I just want uh, the clarification there. And the other point, lastly, is that, uh, you know, at the universities, we have this, the same degrees. I did a communication degree at the University of Fort. Uh, the same degrees is done somewhere, uh, Rhodes University. Others are doing... Uh, uh, degrees in journalism in Stellenbosch, but you have different fees, but the same degrees. Is it because of this? Are, they, are those degrees of different quality? Uh, what, what is it? Why is it that it's the same degrees, the same different money? Can anybody explain to me that? Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Hojane uh, in Gruenstadt. Hutato in Pretoria, good morning. Morning, Sabrina. Uh, Sakina, sorry. All protocol observed. Sakina, three quick points for me. One is that it cannot be true to say that there are no poor or rich universities. That is to deny the legacy of apartheid. And while at the same point, while on the same point, here's the big thing for me. If you say fees must fall and higher education must be free, What you are basically saying is that children at the University of Zululand, at the University of Venda, at the University of uh, Limpopo must continue to enjoy poor facilities, poor infrastructure, and the kids at VETS must also have free education with what is termed world-class resources and facilities. So... If this is a, a genuine uh, effort to transform higher education in this country, we must also talk about how we are going to improve and bring to so-called world-class standards the infrastructure, the teaching resources, and everything with the historically 
black universities because they are lagging far behind. So are we saying as long as they have free access, the infrastructure, the, 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 the quality of the degree and everything doesn't matter? And that is why students from historically white universities are overlooking. They just want to get free universities in their world-class universities. But if you do that, you are going to disadvantage those in historically black societies. So if they don't talk about investing in those historically black societies, I don't think we should support them blindly. Thank you so much, Khutato in Pretoria. Leanna Vitz, good morning. Good morning. I mean, I'm, it's, a, I'm, it's, a, it's a concern that there are only two male um, student leaders when we know that the student movements nowadays have a lot of female leaders. Um, but I appreciate very much the perspectives that we've heard. I think what we're missing is the fact that at the beginning of 2015, black students through the Roads Must Fall movement and then the black student movement at Rhodes University and then the black student Stockfile, UP Rising, a number of student movements outside of political parties began. I think the Fees Must Fall movement deals with a particular question around the financing of higher education, so around fees, but also around historical debt. I think what we're missing on the program today is that student movements outside of political parties and SRCs have been talking about free quality decolonized higher education, which means we don't only want free quality education, we want that education to be decolonized. In other words, we cannot simply replicate what is happening in Europe and in America in terms of higher education. We have to be thinking about our curriculum, who is teaching, there's a whole range of other questions. And the key one that that started, in fact, in 2015, uh, the rise of black students, has been institutional racism. I haven't heard any of your comrades, colleagues here speak about it. Racism has re-emerged in the broader society, but this came up in 2015 with a number of incidences on university campuses that led to black students saying, even though we have access to this education, we feel othered here because we are black and this is a problem. The other thing that that, uh, we need to really look at is that student movements have said governance structures, including our SRCs, are not fully representative anymore. Representative democracy is failing us to a certain extent, and we need to be uh, creatively experimenting with forms of participatory democracy. Now, what I will agree with many of the callers and people's sentiments now is that the FISMAS 4 movement is is having difficulty because they are practicing and uh, experimenting with a participatory democracy, which is in some ways a little bit harder than than simply voting someone Mm. as a leader, as a president, and then outsourcing a thing. The, The last two things that we're missing here is student movements, are saying, and these are inclusive of Fees Must Fall movement, but also the broader student movements that appeared before Fees Must Fall, that an end to outsourcing is absolutely important. So we cannot have free quality education that is decolonized if we are treating our mothers and fathers who clean uh, the toilets and our gardens as if they are second-rate citizens. So outsourcing must go. We need to insource at university. And the last thing is that we're saying internal to our society, universities, and even to our own movements, there are oppressive systems that exist, from patriarchy to homophobia to xenophobia. We see these enacted in our institutions. And if we don't take a longer-term view, once the fees have fallen, because we can't afford it, we understand that South Africa is a rich country and that we should be looking at education more seriously, we need to take on racism, homophobia, um, capitalism, 
uh, as well as xenophobia and all the other forms of, of oppressive systems that exist. And if we can't do it at universities, how are we going to do it in the broader society? We are supposed to be critically thinking young people. If we can't fix it in our movements and at our universities, we're going to struggle elsewhere. And the answer that management has given to us has been to militarize our campuses. At Wits University, we've got three private security companies. I walk onto campus and there are people with batons and shields. This is not the way to solve our problems. Leanne, do you think that um, your demands there might be too broad? Do you think they are realistic to tackle all of those various aspects simultaneously? Absolutely. I think what we've seen in South Africa is that what the ANC has said to us is that we're first going to deal with racism in the, in the first phase of our national democratic revolution, and then we're going to deal with the, with the issue of capitalism, and we've seen that that has, that has failed. The idea that we can speak, and we've said this in our movement as well, the idea that we can speak about fees and we can uh, speak about racism, but we won't speak about sexism and homophobia, this is a, is, is a misguided way of trying to see and, and, and uh, practice what our new society should be. We need to be addressing all those complex issues as best we can in every single moment, and we need to be reflecting on that. Now, that is a big task, but if we're going to take South Africa in a different direction, we all have to take accountability and responsibility for that. So I don't think we need to deal with one or two issues first and then leave the rest for later. We need to be practicing trying to deal with all these difficult issues. So I don't think it's an impossibility. Um, we, need to be, we need to be working towards that. And the first way to do that is to allow access. But if we're only allowing access and thinking of free education, we're forgetting curricula, we're forgetting oppressive systems, we're forgetting outsourcing, then we're going to be having the same conversation in two, three, four years' time. And before I let you go, um, Leanne, um, also just um, on uh, the issue of... Um, and, uh, there. I lost my train of thought right there. But 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 don't go, don't go, don't go, Leanne, because I want to come back. There was something specific I wanted to ask you um, about. Okay, uh, oh, yes, I wanted to ask you about the uh, student representatives right now, because it's difficult okay. for people looking on from the outside to, you know, to know who actually is leading what where. Um when people meet with the minister and some walk out and some remain behind, and as you just pointed out to us now, there are many other student formations who are also stakeholders in this particular matter. Who should we be speaking to? Who should we be looking at? Who should we be listening to to find out exactly where students are at right now? I think you can't ignore that there are democratic processes in place around voting SRCs in. We have to take note that at WITS, for example, that's where I'm from, so I can't speak for other universities, but at WITS, only 20% of students have voted for our SRC. That's about 7,000 people. So while there is a democratic process in place, what we've seen in 2015 is that more students, even those who don't vote or participate in political parties, have said, we want to participate in trying to figure this out. Now, how you identify who to speak to is very difficult because... There's rotational leadership that's called leadership in inverted commas. There are people coming in later with a different form of political conscience that need to still learn. It's a complicated, messy scenario, but it is certainly going to allow us to be creative and think um, more broadly about how we can get more people to participate nearly uh, more than merely just making a, an, an X and outsourcing your, your thinking, your participation to some uh, a few representatives. The challenge, obviously, is we're not used to that. 
we, we all thought in 90, 1994 merely making the cross and getting the right to vote was going to mean that the people we were going to put in power were going to obviously always be fighting exactly for what we thought they were. Unfortunately, um, leaders often become uh, detached from people on the ground as a result of that structure, that hierarchical structure of who gets to speak, who gets to represent. So I think this is a question for all of us. And I would hope that our SRCs, instead of ignoring this question, that they can take this question on. Because if they can answer it for SRCs, they may have something to say around university councils, around senates, and even around potentially how governments are structured more broadly in society. So it doesn't help us to simply just speak to the people who've been elected and they keep meeting in private meetings and then you have a resistance of others saying, but this is not representing us. We need to find new ways of governance structures. And at universities, we are a microcosm, so we're smaller than an entire province or city. So we can be experimenting with that. And it feels to me like by just focusing on the fees, we, we, we're losing that that side of the story. I'd love to hear what other what the other guests say about. That. Okay, do that by staying on the end. We're going to keep you there. Uh, but 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 before I go back to the other callers, let me just get a quick response to what Re- uh, Leanne has said there from Tebuho and Nicholas, because as she says. If you can answer these questions for yourselves, it would be easier for the rest of us looking on to also know where to go, Tebojo. Well, look, um, just there, there are a number of issues. I think, firstly, uh, uh, Leanne would make a really good panelist in this conversation right now, so I, I do hope that we keep her on. But the point that I want to raise is that uh, there are two in the main. No, the debate is not just around fees, and I don't think any of our SRCs have narrowed any of their debates from fees um, and have just left it there. So, for example, I want to give the context of the Rose Must Fall movement, which started last year. At the core of it, over and above Kulumanu's protest uh, when, he, when he threw the thesis on the statue, was that... The SRC then, I think it was, uh, I forgot the name of, the, of, of, of our colleague, the president at that time, raising the issue of curriculum transformation. So the higher education space needs an overhaul. It needs a complete uh, issue of transformation. And our SRCs have been and are continuing to raise that issue. They've not stopped that. They're not just speaking about the finances. They're speaking about the curriculum. They're speaking about all of them. So I really wanted to clarify that. But we, Leanne is correct in as far as saying that, 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 that our 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 level of participation and, and how we participate is a call for concern. And I think SRCs and, and the national SRC is aware of that. However, it does not go as far as saying that if we're saying that we want to critique the manner of, of, of representation or, or, or the manner that in which uh, SRCs are elected, we negate the fact that they are elected structures. Um, and, 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 and we've said to our SRCs, and as far as possible, that it, they can't sit as backbenchers. So, so, so part of the narrative that, that we completely fight against uh, as, uh, as a national SRC is that it's fine. We agree with you in principle that we need to be more accountable, we need to be more open, we need to be more transparent, but that does not mean that we must then say that SRCs must not lead these struggles. Um, at, at, at the very best, the form of, 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 of democracy that was exercised was that there was a considerable amount of student population which said that we want these people to represent us and sit in some of these committees. Now we must be having the debate of how do we ensure that when they are sitting there, they are accountable, that they ensure that, for example, they don't just take decisions. So, so for example, the big critique that some of our SSCs have gotten, uh, and even those that attended last week's meeting, is why are you going to attend that meeting behind closed doors with the ministers? And that's a difficult decision that our SRCs have got to face because 
They can't just sit and stand and grandstand and be populist and say, we want that, we, we, we demand that. They have got to then sit and ensure that we get those situations and they represent. And they've got a difficult uh, positions because part of the challenges of, of what our SRCs are facing is that they're doomed if they do, they're doomed if they don't. If they don't attend these meetings, they're accused that they don't want to take leadership, that they don't want to represent students. When they go to these meetings, they're told that they're sellouts, that they're misrepresenting. And it's a very difficult position for them to be in. That's why we've said that they must be creative in the manner that they do it. So I do know, for example, at VITS last year, part of what they were doing was that over and above the fact that they were representing students, they, they came back to what we call Solomon House and attempted to account and attempted to do all of these things. The Fees Must Fall movement is, is, is it's difficult because who are, who are the leaders? Who are they? Are they the representative structures? Are they the, the, the political organization? Are they the non-political organization? So, so, so how do we not alienate people? Because it's quite difficult for, for, for Sasko and Youth League members, for example, who believe in the cause, but whenever they come to these meetings, they are told that they are here to defend the ANC. Then, of course, you've got those who are in uh, the Sasko and the Youth League movement who then look at the ones who are in, in EFF and, and, and they are saying that, no, we don't want the EFF guys in this movement because they are committed to collapsing the state. So we've got the political issues that are unfortunately are making it difficult for a genuine struggle that is meant to benefit students to therefore then go on because you've got the DA students will be accused of opportunism and you'll be, have the other ones that are accused of, 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 of defending the movement. So it's mm. those nuances that make it extremely difficult to consolidate uh, a, 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 a single voice within the education sector. And that has become a challenge. And if we don't want to acknowledge it, uh, we, we ourselves, even as elected representatives, for example, as the National SRC, we are going to conference in less uh, than two months. There will be a new leadership that will have uh, newer, much younger, more vibrant SRCs. So those are part of the challenges that we've got. But over and above those challenges, there must be a commitment to transforming, decolonizing, dealing with the issues of workers, dealing with the issue of access, which are all complex issues, but which need us to come together on the table and say, how do we resolve them? And this is why we are asking, where to next? What are the objectives of the student leaders as we move forward? And uh, let's just take two calls. Uh, Nicholas, I'm going to come to you in a moment, but let me just take Rex and Kaya so I can get them out of the way, then you can have your moment. Rex in Germiston, good morning. Sakina, if um, this fee must fall, must go on, or the students will say fee must fall, um, to what extent or what level should the fee fall? And let there, let there be a focus of what level that is practically, practically acceptable, practically possible, to which fee must fall. The reason I'm saying it is that because the way they are going about this fee must fall, they're actually not focusing on losing strategy and focus on as a result of that, that they, they will definitely lose their battle because free higher education in this country is not absolutely not possible because education is higher education per se is not a necessity in this country. It is a luxury. It is a, a trade of which whoever wants it should be able to afford it. And whoever cannot afford it should look for an alternative trade to learn. We cannot be using the whole of our tax resources in order to, 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 to go and fund free higher education. It is absolutely not possible. And we will also raise an alternative campaign to make sure it doesn't hold because whosoever says to destroy the functional unit of a family, says as a single parent to have as many children as, as he or she can have from different sources, and at the end of the day want to use 
our tax resources to go and fund higher education for those students, it won't be possible. Okay, thank you so much, Rex. Uh, Kaye Nguanyane, uh, who is spokesperson for the Department of Higher Education, good morning. Morning to you, Sakina. Okay, I'm giving you exactly a minute, unfortunately, as we're running out of time. Yes, thanks very much. Uh, well, from, from our service department, to say that we are willing to uh, all the students to actually yeah, we can't hear you. That line, uh, terrible. Uh, but let me speak to Nicholas and give him an opportunity to respond. Nicholas? Um, thank you, ma'am. Ma'am, perhaps um, I should clarify one thing. We are saying free education for the poor. The poor. Free education for the poor. And these protests that you are seeing, um, the demands that are made by the seasonal four movement, it's not that as the youth we are unruly or we are rebels. It's reflections of the failures of the government. When you look at racism, when you look at lack of infrastructure development, that's the lack of leadership in our government. Racism comes from socioeconomic inequalities. Socioeconomic inequalities come from the lack of education. We lack education or we lack um, higher education because of funding. So fees are the primary mandate. We are saying to the government, let our students gain access and success to universities. When you produce more graduates, you get you create more jobs. When we have more jobs, we are extinguishing um, the socioeconomic statuses. By the way, and doing something bigger, that something is bigger than us. So what the youth is doing is a reflection of the failures of the government. Our government has failed. I think we can all agree. I was utterly disgusted with the minister when we met with him. His first comment was to say, "Hey, you guys, you are depriving me of my trip to Chuba. I was supposed to go to Chuba, but you guys are protesting. So the minister's trip to Chuba is more important than his students. The minister's trip to Chuba is more important than the commission or the so-called commission that's supposed to find a solution to free higher education. What makes this worse is that the minister said to us, I was supposed to go to Chuba with two South members. So how can then, as SFPs, um trust ourselves with representatives when they go to lovely trips to Cuba with the minister? <laughs> yes, solutions are not found. Um, and the caller that spoke about international students and wanted us to outline, you might understand that South Africa attracts students from your Zimbabwe, from your Mozambique. Not all of these students can afford, and not all of them are on government bursaries. Some of these students, their parents uh, left Zimbabwe to come and work in South Africa, but they cannot afford we know that during apartheid, South Africa was accommodated in all of these countries. And the caller that says that um, we are speaking about free education and, and we, we are ignoring the history of, um, of our nation, that's not the case. We are saying that from a poor child must pay because they can afford, but the poor child who, are, the poor child who cannot afford must gain access to university. Well, unfortunately, right there, I guess it just highlights the divisions that exist. Some are saying uh, free education for all. Some are saying free education for the poor. There's the missing middle. What's going to happen with them? And so many questions abound, not least of which is, so who exactly is leading this movement and where to from here? Difficult questions that still need to be answered. And that's not even touching on uh, some of the other questions regarding structure and the issues that Leanne raised that also have to be addressed. But that's unfortunately all we have time for this morning. Thanks to Leanne uh, from Vitz who called in. Also Teboho Totela, who is the Deputy President of the South African Union of Students. And Nicholas Nyati, Democratic Alliance Student Organization uh, 
president at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University. You take care until tomorrow. It's just after nine and um, Simpu Ngongwan is standing by with the latest news.